So finally, the big day came and my mentor and friend, Dr. Judy Detrude, who is actually the mastermind behind the Kate Walker training, 40-hour LPC and LMFT supervisor training, she went with me to this board meeting and it was pretty yucky and I didn't like it. There was no part of it I would ever want to do again, but it has a happy ending. This is the Texas Counselors Creating Badass Businesses podcast with Dr. Kate Walker, where I teach you, Texans and non-Texans alike, the latest research-based information to hit your income goals, stay out of trouble, and make a bigger impact in your community. Join me and let's fill the gaps in access to mental health care and create a counseling career you'll love. Let's get to work. Welcome to Texas Counselors Creating Badass Businesses, where it's all about working smarter, not harder. And here's your host, Dr. Kate Walker, who never backs down from a challenge. Welcome to episode 59 of the Texas Counselors Creating Badass Businesses podcast. Now, I don't want the title of this to scare you because you know I'm always going to give you solutions when I tell you scary stories, especially when it comes to rules, because you're too important to lose to not knowing the rules. Be sure to listen all the way to the end, though, because I'm hosting a free webinar in January with the amazing Christina DeLuna board administrator with the Texas LPC board. And I know you're going to want to hear everything she's got to say about what's coming up in 2024. All right, let's get to work. So again, I'm Dr. Kate Walker. Welcome to your Tuesday training. If you are watching me live, hello. If you are listening to me on a podcast episode, don't worry, even though it's a live training I will talk you through and walk you through everything that I'm showing the folks who are live. And if it's something that you're doing, if you're watching a pre-recorded training, which unfortunately probably all of you are, you can always tag me in Texas Counselors Creating Badass Businesses. You can tag me in the Step It Up group. You can tag me pretty much anywhere if you are in one of our groups and I will answer your questions. So yes, I want you to ask questions. This is a great week because it's scary stories about the licensing boards. So let's get into that because I'm always going to give you solutions. I'm never, ever going to leave you with just scary stories and drop the mic. You are too important to lose because you were afraid to become a supervisor or you're afraid to take on supervisees. Your community needs you and rural Texas needs you. Underserved Texas needs you. So I tempt you with titles like scary stories, but then you know I'm always going to give you a solution and a way to fix stuff. So first things first, let's talk about things with the licensing board that are definitely not scary, right? Number one, those folks are all volunteers. I'm going to say that again. They are volunteering their time to meet, to serve on the subcommittees, to travel to Austin or to go wherever they go to have their meetings, to devote time to reading the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of rules and complaints and 
all of those things to make sure that we have a license that we can be proud of because that's what a license is. A license means you have permission to do a thing. There's a licensing board that backs you up, a set of rules, a complaint process that protects the public. You know, I love my coaches out there. I love you guys, but it's not a license. You can have a certification to do a thing. Like if I got a driving certificate that says I know how to drive, but until I have my driver's license, I do not have permission to drive. So our licensing board serves a vital process and purpose for us and makes us the professionals that we are. Also, what's not scary is something called the rules review process. And I wrote that down and I was like, but wait, there's also the rules creation process. So if you want to get into the rules and read that, I'm not going to go into that. But every time the board comes up with the rule, it's usually because a licensee proposed it, but there's also 30 days, a 30-day time period where we licensees can comment and they do read every single comment before they put something into rules or ratify it. Another thing that is not scary is the lunch and learns. So yeah, the board with the establishment of BHEC started doing this super cool thing where, you know, once a quarter, maybe they do a lunch and learn. They'll give you a CE for attending. It's virtual. They have a topic. They'll answer your questions. I've attended several. And it's so cool because in the chat, people are posting questions and they're literally answering in real time. So not just the board either, staff members, the attorneys, the head of staff, it's a really wonderful process so that folks stay connected to their licensing board. Not scary, right? And then last but not least, I am going to show you something. What I'm going to do, folks who are listening, is I'm going to share my screen so that you can see the Behavioral Health Executive Council website. And folks who are listening, what I'm showing everyone is the hot link for email updates. One of the things that is definitely not scary about our licensing board is our ability to sign up for email updates. I cannot tell you how many times I'm stalking those threads out there on Facebook and all of the mental health groups, the professional groups, and people are like, ah, I didn't hear this rule. I didn't know. Are we already supposed to be? And oh my goodness. And, you know, I feel that. I feel that. But that's the old days, right? Before this, this super cool thing, because when you sign up for email updates, which I do, that's how I get all the cool information that I pass on to you guys. You literally just put in your email, your first name, your last name, and you write down or you click the box with the list that you would like to join. It is that easy. So folks who are listening, all I did was click the hot link on the BHEC website, and then I'm showing all of the boxes that folks can fill in. And then of course you hit submit and bam, you are on an email list that you'll actually appreciate. So I'm gonna stop the share and back to scary things. So when we talk about scary things, mostly what comes to mind are complaints. So complaint number one or the problem number one is something we saw and came to the forefront a few years ago when the LPC Association sent posed comments to the board right before the board passed the rule that said associates could 
in fact, have their own business, their own practice. And one of the things that came to light was this idea that I'm afraid to talk to my supervisor because they've said they they won't sign off on my hours. So I call that supervisors holding your hours hostage. This is scary. It's not okay. It's an area that is just full of potential to have a complaint filed against you, supervisor. Because if your supervisee is working and they're seeing clients, then they're coming to supervision, they're attending supervision with you, then that is something you simply sign off on. You're attesting. You're like a notary public. You're simply noting a fact. Yes, my supervisee did the work. Yes, they showed up. Yes, we talked, thus you know, making a supervision happen. You're simply witnessing the fact that this happened. It's, it's documentation that it happened. When you use that signature as a threat and you say, you know what, if you don't get your notes caught up, I'm not going to sign off on your hours. Okay, does that mean they still come to supervision or you're going to hold supervision, but you're not going to witness it or you're not going to then write down that you did go through every single client with your supervisee and you are aware of their actions? You're going to shoot yourself in the foot by not signing off that you are a witness and a party to that supervision session, right? See, that doesn't make sense for anybody. And so when you tell a supervisee, yeah, I'm not signing off on your hours until you dot, dot, dot. Basically, what you're trying to do is get out of the next bullet point, which is very scary that I'm going to talk about. You're trying to get out of remediating them, all right? Our board rules, LPC and LMFT, state you must document a formal remediation plan in the supervisee's file I'm going to use my words, before you terminate. Now, the rules themselves, there's one in the LPC board, there's one in the LMFT set of rules. That goes into, you know, this must be a plan that if you identify areas that your supervisee is not meeting expectations, you must document this plan in the supervisee file. So when I see supervisors holding their signature hostage because their supervisee is failing to meet expectations, I can almost guarantee you I've got a supervisor who has not done a formal evaluation. They have no evidence at all whether the supervisee has met expectations, exceeds expectations, or did not meet expectations. They are noting a problem, so they're jumping on it, which is good, but they're not assertive enough because they're not filing the remediation plan with the supervisee. Now, supervisors, I'm not taking you to task here. I promise, I get this. It's really hard. In the third bullet I'm going to talk about, there are lots of things that can happen with a remediation plan because one of the things we heard when Kenda Dalrymple, an attorney in Austin, Texas, who works with these licensing boards, she told us in our last meeting of the Texas Supervisor Coalition, you know, the remediation plan may not be working like the licensing boards hoped that it would, right? Because in an ideal world, this remediation plan would be like a wonderful aha moment for everyone. And kumbaya, we're all collaborating again. And supervisee has course corrected, boom, you know, rainbows and unicorns. What most often happens, unfortunately, is we have supervisees who hop, right? 
they'll just say, okay, see ya. I'll go find another supervisor. I mean, even within an agency, right? They may just say, you know what? I'm canceling our contract, our state paperwork, and I'm going to go with this other supervisor. So that supervisee hopping becomes a problem because, you know, will that other supervisor then contact you and say, oh, by the way, did my brand new supervisee have a remediation plan with you? I mean, that's unlikely. I mean, part of what we do at K Walker Training and the Texas Supervisor Coalition, we try to establish best practices so that supervisors, new supervisors get into the habit of checking references, of asking for a release of information to talk to the previous supervisor or previous professor or something like that, right? When you get this brand new supervisee out of the blue. So that's also what research into remediation is really, we're finding, right? When I was in Denver this week presenting at the ACES conference with my colleagues from the University of Texas, El Paso, that's something we're finding again and again and again. And you've got to communicate with previous supervisors, professors, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it's hard to do that without your supervisee's permission. It's hard to do that without a release of information. You want this to be collaborative and you don't want it to be a surprise. So at the very beginning of the supervisee relationship, making sure that you make that part of that intake or that orientation. And we talk about that with the O-E-R triad, the orientation, evaluation, remediation triad. So what makes this remediation scary? And I'm going to steer you to episode 52 of Texas Counselors Creating Badass Businesses podcast. And I go into detail about how to construct a remediation plan. But dot, 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 remember, there is nothing out there that tells you how to do a remediation plan. Very little research. And the boards don't specify. They simply say you must do that, right? So scary thing is remediation often doesn't work like the board. And we wish that it would because supervisees hop. You can have a relationship rupture. And the solution is orientation, evaluation, remediation. Go to episode 52 for more info on best practices for creating an effective remediation plan. All right, last thing I thought I would share because it was super scary for me. I had a complaint filed against me by a supervisee that I fired. And, you know, it was one of those situations. I was a brand new supervisor and this person was doing things they shouldn't be doing. And so I was sending an email, hey, please don't do X, Y, and Z. And they would come to supervision and we would document, okay, I won't do X, Y, and Z anymore. And then they would do PD and Q. And I would say, hey, please don't do PD and Q. We've come to supervision, document, don't do PD and Q. Well, eventually, you know, I don't know, E, F, and G, L, M, N, O, P. I got tired of it and I fired this person. Well, there were also some other red flags. This person said their previous supervisor had died. They had not died. (laughs) 
So I didn't bother to reach out because why would I reach out to a dead supervisor, right? Okay, I have learned so much since then, right? How to create a formal remediation plan, how to include a release of information. I've learned to reach out and maybe even Google a little bit if something like that comes up where, no, 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 please don't contact my previous supervisor. They're dead. I'm gonna do a little extra homework. So I've learned a lot since then, but that didn't help me when the complaint came through the mail and I'm looking at this going, oh my goodness, I'm being punished because I fired someone who refused to follow my supervision directives, right? And they were doing things that were not in the public's best interest. So that was in the bad old days when complaints were taking two to three years. So I made a huge file, snail mailed my response to the board, certified mail, got my attorney through my wonderful malpractice insurance and waited and waited and waited. (laughs) So finally, the big day came and my mentor and friend, Dr. Judy Detrude, who is actually the mastermind behind the Kate Walker training, 40-hour LPC and LMFT supervisor training, she went with me to this board meeting. And it was pretty yucky. And I didn't like it. There was no part of it I would ever want to do again, but it has a happy ending. The board agreed that my termination was warranted. The complaint was dismissed. I took a big deep breath and Dr. Detrude and I went back to the office and constructed a lot of the resources that we're trying to put into your hands now. Things that you can stay on top of with just a little bit of foresight, that orientation, constructing a great contract, making sure that you have a regular evaluation schedule, having a remediation plan with specific measurable trackable goals with consequences. Hello, love and logic parenting, anyone? One, two, three magic, anyone, right? It has to have a consequence that is very clear and that this process is collaborative. Nothing about this is secret or gotcha. These folks, I'm talking about our supervisees, spent a lot of money and time. They've got a passion just like you do. You've been there. You have been in their shoes where you're trying to figure it out, level one, level two, and you're just not sure. And some days are great and some days are terrible. We don't want these folks to leave the business. We need them. The whole country needs them, but I focus on Texas, right? I focus on getting providers into underserved areas. And so the scary part is we might lose somebody who's an amazing professional because we supervisors fail to follow steps that could have resulted in, ready, drum roll, please, collaboration, right? This person's going to be your colleague. So don't let any of this be secret. When the board gets involved, when somebody files a complaint, it's due to a relationship rupture or something egregious, right? And I mentioned this in episode 52, remediation goes out the window if your supervisee has done something egregious or harmed a client and there's immediate action that needs to be taken, right? But the whole goal of these scary stories about the board is to help you understand the board is approachable. These situations are mitigatable. 
you can do this badass. You can do this. In fact, you have to do this. So become a supervisor, step in, don't lean in. What are we saying now? I don't know, but it's scary, of course, but there are ways to mitigate the fear, to mitigate anything that might hurt you, your license, your supervisor, the public. And hey, that's what I'm here for. So if you're listening to me on the podcast, I now have a cow dog in my lap. And if you saw my last Instagram post, you know, this guy did a great job of helping me not fall behind when my son and I decided to do a trail that had just been dumped on by six inches of snow. So in my post, I said, I will be your footprints so you can follow me and your cow dog to make sure you don't get left behind. I'm Dr. Kate Walker. Thank you so much for watching today or listening. Thank you so much for listening to Jay. <laughs> I'll see you next time. All right, I wanna make sure that you know how to sign up for that webinar in January with Christina DeLuna because I know you wanna make sure that you have all of the updates for 2024 and it's so easy to do. Just go to katewalkertraining.com forward slash free webinar and grab your free ticket and share it with a friend. It's free and you get one CE. So if you're looking for continuing education that's super cheap, you can't do better than free, right? So grab your ticket today. Dr. Kate Walker, thank you so much for listening to Texas Counselors Creating Badass Businesses. Thank you to Ridgely Walker for her lovely voiceovers at our introduction. And do me a favor, when you get a second, please like, share, and subscribe, and write us a review. That's really how we get picked up by other RSS feeds, and we get this information out to the mental health badasses who need it. Thanks again, and keep saving the world with excellent therapy.